everyone. Welcome to All Things Aromantic, a podcast where I talk about all things aromantic. I'm an Aerowace witch on Twitter at Aromantic Witch, and I use she, they pronouns. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and a review. First, I want to start the episode by first acknowledging that this podcast is being recorded on Kwahitekan land, and I want to also acknowledge the settler colonialism that has led to the land theft in what's called the United States. If you'd like to learn more from indigenous people on that, tune into the Red Nation podcast. And if you are financially able, please support indigenous water protectors by donating to them. I will leave links in the show notes for those things. Okay, so now let's talk about all things aromantic. Today's episode is all about amatonormativity, which I talked about a bit in the last episode, the first episode, and I think I may have been pronouncing it incorrectly, so I apologize for that. It, it's a pretty tricky word. <laughs> amatonormativity. So yes, I will be delving more into that topic of what it is, who is affected by it, um, and how it shows up in our everyday daily lives. And I want to give a content warning for things that will be discussed within this podcast today, for things such as sexual abuse, verbal and physical abuse, domestic violence. Okay, so what does amatonormativity mean? Let's look at what the person who coined the term has to say. And her name is Elizabeth Brake. And on her website, she says, I call this disproportionate focus on marital and amorous love relationships as special sites of value and the assumption that romantic love is a universal goal, a matter normativity. This consists in the assumptions that a central, exclusive, amorous relationship is normal for humans and that it is a universally shared goal and that such a relationship is normative and that it should be aimed at in preference to other types. Yeah, so that's what she says it is. I feel like a matter normativity is fairly easy to explain because, you know, we all are aware of how romance has a role in in our lives in the media and music and movies and everything so we all kind of have this understanding that romance is important to people so everyone kind of expects everyone to eventually couple up with somebody in mar through marriage and for life like a lifelong commitment to someone and, you know, this is something we see so, so much. And it's talking about the expectation of romance. Everyone is expected to participate. And it's kind of similar to heteronormativity, which on her website, she actually says that it is a play on heteronormativity. And there's a difference. Heteronormativity refers to social structures that um that place heterosexuality as the norm and amanormativity is you know the social structures that place romance and a romantic lifelong commitment for everyone as the norm so they are similar but there is a difference 
and amenormativity, sorry, I keep saying it wrong, amenormativity is is present and it affects everyone. So I think it's important to to know what it is because once you can put a word on it, you start to really notice how how everyone kind of subscribes to it. And people expect their friends, their children, people expect their coworkers, everyone to eventually, you know, get engaged and get married, have a wedding. So yeah, it's very a universal thing. So movies and music and entertainment in general is where a lot of amatonormativity is seen because a lot of movies are very focused on romance and there's nothing inherently wrong with that but romance is always seen as the pinnacle of human happiness it's seen as um everyone's lifelong goal to find their partner and to get married with them and to start a family with them and so that's always seen as like this universal thing that everyone wants when that's not true and in songs it's um really hard to find songs that are not about romance and Again, there's nothing wrong with romantic songs or songs about romance. I enjoy those as well myself, like even though I'm aromantic. But it's a majority of music, a majority of mu- of movies, a majority of shows, everything they they focus on kind of perpetuating the idea that everyone needs to have their happy ending through getting married and, you know, that happy ever after. So yeah, so that is a huge way and I could like go on and on and on giving examples of like movies and shows and all of that, but anybody could just the first movie that comes to your mind will probably have a very like romance-centered plot. And lots of shows revolve around a character, not revolve around a character, but either include a character or revolve around a character where they're single and they're just so miserable about it and they need to make a change, something needs to give. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that is like an endless, endless, endless conversation because it's everywhere. It's every movie I see, every show I see, it's very rare where, you know, they have a character that isn't interested in that and it's seen as a good thing or even a neutral thing it's always under a negative light so so yeah that is one big big example of a matter normativity it's just any show any movie a lot of the music entertainment that we are you know surrounded by kind of like holds that idea that it's romance is all encompassing or that it should be all encompassing and it should be everyone's lifelong goal Another area of our lives where a matter-normativity is seen is in like the legal sphere. So it's very common knowledge that getting married comes with tax benefits. And obviously being single does not come with those tax benefits. Being married also comes with like healthcare benefits. 
So if you are married, you can add your spouse to your health care, but only if you do have that legal contract of marriage and other relationships are not seen as important as, <clears throat> as marriage. So somebody who is not married and doesn't plan on ever getting married wouldn't be able to add someone important to their health care or wouldn't be able to be added to someone in their lives health care because you know the system values marriage so much and in housing it's also seen that there is this sort of um housing is structured around a two-person income so a lot of like rents and mortgages those are ideal for people who who are coupled so not even married but living together or who have a partner and people who are single obviously are disadvantaged they're left to pay the whole rent themselves or they're left to have less of disposable income because like you know a lot of their income is going towards rent and they don't have anyone to share that burden with because rent is structured on two people living together not just one so that is a way that you know romance seeps into our lives because why should people in romantic relationships or people who are married why should they have society structured around them why shouldn't society be structured around everyone that's that's what should what should be happening and honestly it sucks because i'm a person who doesn't ever want to be in a relationship who doesn't ever want to get married and that's a reality that i have to live with that i have to make sure that i myself can financially sustain myself and you know that's there's nothing wrong with that inherently but when everything is set up for coupled peoples yeah makes makes things difficult um and it's just this relationship of marriage that's that's prioritized above friendships above queer platonic relationships above family ties like if you have a loved one who becomes um ill and you have to take care of them legally you can only do that if they are your spouse or if they are your child so if you don't have a spouse or if like that's not your child or you're not the parent then legally you can't be compensated for that caretaking and that leaves a lot of people who are not married vulnerable not i just for clarification real quick i don't mean that it would be illegal to take care of someone who's your who's not your spouse or child i'm saying that you would not be compensated for it through health care because of the way that the policy is set up only spouses and parents can be compensated for having to take care of someone in their family who becomes ill or or just needs needs extra care and in housing there's also discrimination against people who are single so landlords are more likely to accept applications from couples who are married 
And that obviously raises an issue because couples who are married don't just, you know, automatically deserve housing more than someone who is not married, someone who is single, someone who lives alone. And and so, yeah, so so people in relationships not married yet have more chances of being accepted than than a single person and married couples have more chances than engaged and single people so so yeah so that is one way that we see that amenormativity makes its way a amenormativity sorry makes its way into into people's lives because that's something many people are affected by many people daily are putting in applications for housing trying trying to find housing so yeah A matter normativity is also seen in the workplace. So it's pretty common knowledge that for promotions, people who are married, people who have children are more likely to get um, promotions, more likely to get those like pay increases, the vacation, the time off. Um, and that's that's not okay. Like why does someone being married automatically make them better than someone who's not married if their job has nothing to do nothing to do with being married and even if it did have something to do with being married like there shouldn't be discrimination in that way against people who are not married people who are single people who don't plan on ever getting married or having a relationship matter normativity is seen in so many ways every day and everyone is affected by it. even though single people are are mainly affected by that and of course aromantic people are affected by a matter normativity everyone is affected you know polyamorous people are also very affected by a matter normativity because an essential idea behind a matter normativity is that you find one person for the rest of your life and you build your life with that one person. And so polyamorous people want or, you know, they they break away from that just one person and they fall in love or they build relationships with multiple peoples. And that that really gets it it has like less value than a regular heterosexual heteroromantic monogamous relationship and single people who are not aromantic or not polyamorous are also affected by a matter normativity because you know they are also getting the signals that if you're single your life is worthless your life is terrible you will never find happiness and so that feeds into a lot of um sadness that single people experience because they so desperately even though they're not aromantic they're single but they don't want to be single so they desperately want a relationship because they feel like that's what they need to do to find happiness to be happy and and clearly that's not true or that's what I'm trying to show people is that you don't need a romantic relationship in your life to have a life that you like to have a good life to have a successful life to have a happy life so yeah so a matter normativity affects everyone because 
Like I said, it's everywhere. How could it not affect everyone? Even people in relationships are affected by a matanormativity because sometimes people will stay in abusive situations because it's so ingrained in them that being single is awful and being in a relationship is better than being single. Even if that relationship is abusive, is harmful, is toxic. So you don't have to be single. You don't have to be aromantic. You don't have to be like, um, yeah, you don't have to be single or aromantic to be affected by a matter normativity. And that's something that I, I see a lot is in my lifetime, obviously, you know, I've talked to people and, you know, you just hear stories from women who will explain to you their horrible situation and how unhappy they are, but they still just cannot uh, break away because they're so afraid of being single. And that is one of like the most insidious ways I feel like a matter normativity affects people. It, it keeps them in a cycle of abuse because the alternative is made to seem as some awful, pathetic thing. Like, women would rather stay in a marriage for life where they're not happy than break free and become a single divorced woman. And I've seen that in my life. Like, I've known multiple. Sadly, I've known multiple women. I know multiple women in that situation. And... I wish that a matter normativity just didn't have such a hold on people because because sometimes it is better to just be single. So a matter normativity drives this idea that in order to to be a normal, to be a full whole person, you have to be involved in romance and you have to seek romance. And this idea is harmful because people are left feeling broken people who are aromantic or who are aerospec are left to feel broken because they don't experience or they don't you know not either they don't experience it at all or they don't experience romance the way other people do so so yeah there are people who are left out and isolated by a matter normativity and it just can lead people to dangerous situations whenever you are trying to participate in what everyone considers the dating game because you have to go out there and you have to meet people and to try and find the one as a woman can be dangerous because you have to go and meet, well, not just as a woman, but as a woman interested in men you have to go out there and meet strange men not strange men but you know you have to meet new people and sometimes those are strangers that you know nothing about and that can be very dangerous for a vulnerable marginalized uh gender identity um so so yeah so it's it's important to remember that like this idea of getting married and finding romance is not for everyone. Not everyone has to subscribe to that. Not everyone wants to. And not everyone should. Like, it's not wrong to want to get married. It's not wrong to want romance or a romantic relationship. But it's wrong to assume that 
that's the way everybody should be. It's wrong to to make romance the the ultimate human goal and destiny and final everyone's final destination if if they had a true happy life that's where you end up because that's not true people people have lived their lives so different from each other like not everyone lives the same way and finds happiness the same way and it would just be so much better if at large society could start identifying a mad normativity and identifying how it's harmful and for this to be a mainstream conversation because it's totally not a mainstream conversation there are so many people still very very invested in romance and romantic relationships like everyone that's how they build their lives they're looking to build their life with a romantic partner and they're not necessarily looking to build their lives with their family whether that's biological family or found family they're not looking to build their lives with their close friends and it's It's very isolating and alienating for people who are not coupled in in married relationships. So, because of amount of normativity, people feel pressured to date and even if they don't want to, so they'll put them people feel pressured to put themselves in situations that they don't want to be in. They feel pressured to do things they don't want to do because you know it's you're supposed to want to do those things and you're supposed to like to do those things and that is something that i definitely experienced growing up i would put myself in these situations where i did where i truly didn't really want to be there but i felt like i had to and that led to a lot of i guess you could say it led to bad decisions like consuming alcohol to make myself more to make it easier to be in those kind of situations and then that would lead me to become even more vulnerable and exposed to even worse situations like sexual assault and sexual abuse because you know if you're supposed to like doing those things and want to do those things and you can't and then you force yourself then that's that can be very very detrimental so that can lead us to what can we even do about a matter normativity to make things better so that other people you know don't have to go through that other people don't have to suffer and we can actually do some stuff about a matter normativity and the first thing we can do is just acknowledge and accept that not everyone wants romance or needs romance in their life and not everyone has that goal of finding a long-term monogamous romantic relationship because you know a lot of people do still hold that bias and so just starting there and then whenever you hear other people talk with that assumption that we need romance that we need a long-term monogamous romantic relationship you can just challenge that challenge that idea challenge those assumptions correct people bring it to their awareness that there are some people who don't want that that's not for everyone you know you can challenge the structures why should healthcare only be accessible by someone's spouse whenever 
there are many types of meaningful relationships that people can form. And, you know, just educating yourself, educating others, find out more ways amatonormativity has affected people, listen to other people's stories on how they've been affected by amatonormativity. Um, so yeah, those are just great, great ways to start doing something about amatonormativity because it's, it's very detrimental to many people and it's, it's oppressive. It, it holds people back. It, it hurts them. It harms them in a myriad of ways. You know, amatonormativity is upheld by everyone, by, you know, by straight heterosexual people. It's upheld even within the LGBT community, within the queer community. It's, it's under everyone's radar that romance is the most important. Romance is all-encompassing and that everyone needs romance. So I think we should just all try to challenge that more within, within ourselves, within conversations, wherever we see it. So yeah, so that's the episode for today. All about amatonormativity. Um, we talked about what it is, how it's in media, how it's in legal things like taxes and healthcare, how it's in housing, how aromantic people are affected by it, but also other people, everyone, polyamorous people and aloromantic people as well. And before I go, I want to mention and remind people that Aromantic Spectrum Awareness Week is next month. Yay! So it'll be the week after Valentine's Day, the first full week after Valentine's Day. So February 21st through the 27th. Um, and it's just a week where it's pretty much in the name Aromantic Spectrum Awareness. We try to bring more awareness to aromanticism, what it is, and of course that means more awareness to a matter of normativity because of how much aromantic people are affected by a matter of normativity. So there will be some, you know, stuff going on that week throughout the community on Twitter, on Instagram. There are conferences happening online, and I can I can link to some of those in the show notes that I know of because I'm trying to like figure out everything that's happening and going on and I will be highlighting that stuff on my Twitter at Aromantic Witch. But of course there are things that I don't know about. So if there's anything you hear of, you can send it to me on Twitter and I'll try to, you know, bring awareness to that and so that we can all just bask in all the aromantic spectrum awareness going on that week i'm so excited i'm gonna be making a aromantic crochet sweater so i'm really excited i have the flags i mean i have the colors of the aromantic flag and i'm making it into a sweater it's coming out so cute i can't wait for it to be done and i can't wait to see all of the other aromantic voices that will be speaking up during that week because it's really refreshing to see other people in the aerospec community. It's, it's nice to know that there are others like you who don't have the same experience to romance as what people consider the norm. So thank you for tuning into the second episode of the podcast where we talk about all things aromantic. I hope you have a great day and a great rest of the week.